Guys, I don't have time for that speculation. I mean, that's a joke to me. Um, I got one of the best jobs in, in all of professional sport. Why would I have any interest in coaching college football? Um, that'll be the last time that I address it. And not only today, but moving forward. Never say never, but never. Okay? Anybody else got any questions about any college jobs? There's not a booster with a big enough blank check. Anyone else? All right. Thank you. Anybody asking Sean Payton about that? You know, anybody asking Andy Reid about stuff like that? Welcome back once again to another edition of the Collapsing Pocket Podcast. My name's Simon Carroll and I'm joined by my good friend, Sam Aykroyd. Sam, how are you doing, buddy? How do you? Yeah, not too, uh, not too bad. Looking a bit dishevelled today, mate. Is this just because you pulled the jumper off? Or? Uh, well, that's probably not helped. Uh, I don't know what that's like. Um, actually, for the first time in the two years since I've uh, grown it, mm. beard oiling today. Oh, mate, come on. Don't think it make any difference whatsoever. Well, I, I didn't notice a difference. Don't know what I'm supposed to be looking for though, because you don't trim it or anything, do you? It's properly dishevelled underneath. Uh, I'll go over the top of it, keep it neatish. So you don't like do a nice. I line don't get into no. I don't get into that too much. No. Crazy neat. <laughs> it's like a hedgerow. Well, you don't see it. So what's the beard oil supposed to do? It's, I think it keeps all like flyaway hairs together. It's meant to look everything a bit neater. Why don't you use like hair gel for that? It feels like that's going to be too heavy. Right, and beard oil is just like a. Well, just like it says, yeah, literally like a pot of oil. Yeah, sounds greasy to me, mate. Not for me. Not for me at all. There's a bit of skincare in there as well, apparently. But I didn't notice a difference either, so we'll we'll give it a trial. Did avoid. you purchase this, or did you like it from? Apart from the pound shop. Well, it's not going to do any good, then, is it? If it's from the pound shop. Well, it's the same stuff. It's like no, it's like anything. I get stuff from the pound shop. shop. It works. Mate. How does that not work? Well, well, I don't want to get into the pound shop. You, 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 you spend phobia. your money and you want to spend your money. I make sound like a snob now, but I've got a big <laughs> phobia of like pound shops in general, quality saves, um, being in bargains, just yeah, the, some great the, stuff. The grubby though. I can't stand the grubbiness. Yeah, you, yeah, you do sound like a snob now, that's true. No, they are actually grubby though. The floor's filthy. The uniforms the staff are wearing are filthy. Uniforms? Oh, it's being empty. But yeah. this is just a little. Uh, Oh, pound shopper job. Well, it's not. It's God knows so and so discount discount store or something. Maybe I can't. I can't tell you what it was called. But it's just a you know an everything shop. Did it have like little pound shop? It's got brooms on the outside that they have to wheel out like the whole store. Yeah, clothes horses. Then you go inside. There's the hardware section. There's the food (laughs) section. Twenty because they open all through COVID. Uh, so they sell the Harry Bows next to the Bows, uh, <laughs> crappy toys, uh, glo- you know, gloves all through the year. But crucially, is everything still a pound? No, I don't think. Clothes pegs, they're, they're a familiar favourite. Well, nothing's less than a pound, I don't think. Most of it's a pound. 
but obviously, uh, well, I mean, you can buy like yeah, hammers and stuff. You know, for a quid, are you? <laughs> don't ask me, mate. I don't shop in him. Well, don't try. I would say don't trust a hammer if it's cost you a pound. That probably isn't going to be good enough. Did I tell you the story when? Um, well, I think I've told you it, but uh, I'm famously shit at DIY. Famously hate doing DIY. Um, but we were doing some gardening, and we had the driveway done in the front driveway before we got it done with these massive, like, huge flags for the car. There's about eight of them just randomly put on the grass right. by the previous owner. So we lifted them and I carried them for the, to the back and created a path. But on the outside of the flags, I was putting bricks making edgings yeah. between the grass and the path and I was uh, cementing them in but whacking them in with a mallet and as I'm whacking it over and over again really hard to get it in the end flies off and batters my finger and that was, must have been well, it, wasn't, it wasn't this summer just going it was last summer and to the day to this touch of my finger it still feels hard like you heal rather than what a finger should feel like you've just got an instant callus yeah and it's strike. massive it's like the whole like fat section of your finger you know like your fingers in three sections where your knuckles are the fat bit next to the hand, yeah. hard, hard as fuck, mate. Oh. Hard fat finger. Yeah, at least some of it's hard. <laughs> well, what a great way to start this podcast. Budget, <laughs> budget shots for budget podcasts. Hard fat fingers for a pair of hard fat clowns. Uh, Worry, not here again. Yeah, we, we did. told you this last week, didn't we? We did. Okay, so a two-week hiatus. I'm, I'm not explaining it again. He's getting very little airtime this week. Safe to he's say, in, he's got. A, we'll get to the balls of causes later. He's going a little bit ballsier this week. I think he's in Edinburgh this week. Is he? Mm. Very nice. It's not. The, he's just on holiday, isn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah. Not working. Well, well, is he ever? Have a lovely time, Rob. So, you know, enjoy yourself up there, and uh, we'll get through. What was? I think it's fair to say it was rather underwhelming slate of games week seven in the NFL. But by the end of it, some interesting storylines come out of it. I thought some real statement wins for some teams. Well, yeah, well, statement wins on top of statement wins in the NFL at the minute. I think. Especially in the AFC, everyone's just like... Yeah. Do you think there's a sea change in the AFC in general or not? Well, I can't make anything tell you. Yeah. No one seems to be in charge. You thought a few of them might be. Uh, and then, yeah, you have like the Ravens go off, get a statement win the next week. Get absolutely knocked around by the Bengals. They've got a name, they've got a statement win. And what was it, three weeks ago, uh, Tennessee Titans... Shite. <laughs> ...lost to the New York Jets. And now they're putting a statement win on Kansas City. So, a week after putting a statement win on Buffalo as well. Exactly, so I don't know. It's uh, making fools of us all, isn't it? It is, but I think the only fair place to start will be with the current number one seed in the AFC, which remarkably is the aforementioned Cincinnati Bengals, Sam. What the hell has happened? I mean, we all thought the Bengals... What was your question? Sam, again, obviously coming up with the uh, itinerary, as we always like him to see the question you posed, we thought they were up and coming, but have the Bengals actually up and come? Yeah, that was a nice way of putting it. I liked it, I enjoyed it. I thought you might. I thought that's classic Sam. Uh, but what's the answer? Well, the answer is, I mean, what we just said there is like they're, they're going to lose massively next week, aren't they? I don't even know they're playing, but let's face it, some other team's going to put a <laughs> statement win on them in a week or two's time. But they are certainly progressing faster than... Um, I any of us thought they would do. Maybe. I don't think... It's, it's year three of Zach Taylor, isn't mm. it? Um, maybe the first two years were slower than we thought. Could be that. But the jump from two to year two to year three is phenomenal. Tell, talk to me a little bit about this offence, mate. Well, it's hard to get beyond the uh, the LSU uh, connection, isn't it? In the, yeah, that's that. Well, what's perceived as a, a big gamble at the time uh, of the draft in April. Obviously, you need to get, a, you need to get that airline sorted. 
that's the priority, get that, keep Joe Burrow upright, and you'll get a perfectly good wide receiver in the second round. They booked the trend, didn't they? Got Jamar Chase and got a perfectly good O-line in the second round, apparently, but or well, knew they could fix it elsewhere. They didn't have to go and get The line has been so. a nice surprise for the Bengals. Mm. Uh, they picked Jackson Carmen in the second round out of Oklahoma State, and he has been in and out of the lineup. He came back in for this last game when they thrashed the Bengals this weekend. Was it 40 points to 17 or something like that? Oh, it was brutal. It was anyway, like we, we do this a lot. We remiss on the scores because we just know that everyone we must knows. We know by now. Uh, everyone knows who won, and uh, the Bengals did 41, win. 41-17. Oh, that's not I guess at all, Simon. Um, but yeah, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of people, naysayers, Jamar Chase naysayers, a lot of egg on the face, aren't there, at the moment? Yeah, I think I just... I mean, it's, it's the whole thing. Why don't you get the best position, best person available to you in the draft? And I guess on you know certain positions like withstanding, they knew they, they needed to fix all parts of that offense. And why not get someone that you know is, or you've as certain as you can be, is going to be a lights out receiver in in the NFL. You know for certain that he works well with your quarterback. Yeah, I don't know if it was as ridiculous a decision as it as a lot of people sort of painted it at the time and said because conventional wisdom is. Get the O line is the thing to get absolutely nailed on, and everything else will fall behind that in a you know decently run offense. Hmm. But it's just we're getting you know a a game changer, game you know playmaking uh, guy like uh, Jamar Chase, and he had absolutely uh, just lit it up the last few weeks. So yeah, we're, uh, we're not going to be alone in praising him, are we? I think it's been no, of course not. All coverage of him is, uh, well, because he's because he's uh, well, as well as but well has been very good. It's fun to yeah, it's fun to watch him, isn't it? I say playmaking stuff. That's what yeah. you. It's just exciting. One thing you notice immediately every time you watch Jamar Chase is just how much space is in. Mm. Every time he receives a catch, he's he's all alone. And this goes contrary to what people were saying in the preseason: how he's not creating much separation, how he's got all these drops, and he's not dropped a pass yet this season. It's constantly getting open. Um, the connection there with former quarterback Joe Burrow from LSU, as you alluded to, plain to see, and in a team where you've already got. T. Higgins, second round pick, twenty twenty. Tyler Boyd, second round pick a few years ago. He's already immediately the number one target, the, the ex receiver in that offense. So much so that Tyler Boyd has actually been pushed into the slot, and he's thriving there as well. So this passing game has benefited not just from him being awesome, but from you know other people fitting in around him. Yeah, Uzuma, Uzuma, C.J. Zoma, Zoma. Uh, Two touchdowns this game. Well, yeah, it's the second sort of light guy. I think after the first one, I said, "Well, oh, you'll never see him again." It's one of those tight end appearances, but it looks like he's grown into that role as well. He uh, used to, I mean, I think he's been elsewhere since. I think he dotted around. I think went to the Bills and back. But he's, he's, he used to be at the Bengals back in the day, on behind Tyler Eifert, and Eifert could never stay healthy, could he? So his only used to play a lot. And then he moved out and around, and he's back again. So yeah, very nice offense. But for just, me, just to stick on Jamar Chase, I've got his numbers up. Go. On. He's already up to 754 yards, six touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So he's halfway to, well, it wasn't quite a record break, was it, but towards uh, Jefferson's 1,400 from last year. Yeah, he's on course to beat that. I mean, obviously, he has the yeah, extra game. game. But it, he's well on course to beat it. Yeah, one. yeah. It'll be a 1,500-yard yeah. receiver if he keeps it up. I mean, Which, if he keeps up. To be fair to Jefferson, he had a bit of a slow start. He, he uh, put all his yards at the end of the season. So we be interested to see how the Bengals go. I would like to say, phenomenal result against the Ravens. And obviously... We talked about the offense, but to me, it's this four-two-five defense that has been transformed, absolutely transformed. Under third-year defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo, um, this is a guy who was hired as an afterthought, really, by the Bengals. They couldn't find themselves defensive coordinator for shit when they hired Zach Taylor uh, three years ago. Um, they 
I think it must have taken two months before they eventually landed with Anna Rimo, who has got no experience as a DC before this outside of an interim spot, I think, at Miami. He picked him up from the Giants as a defensive back coach, but he's done wonders there in the top 10 in least rushing yards allowed, the top five for points allowed per game, which I think is about 18 points. Uh, they've got the joint fifth most sacks in the NFL with 19 in the first seven games. This is a defense who couldn't contribute shit well, yeah, especially two years ago. When you know. talk about that run defense as well, for the last, last two years has been. It's just been open gates, hasn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. They've been, they've been, the, the linebacker was awful. It's been completely revamped. They've got uh, King Davis Gaither, Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt in there. The, the pass rush was non-existent. Now they've got Trey Hendrickson they brought in from the Saints, Sam Hubbard, Cameron Sample, you know, um, Odie Ingbo from the, in the interior up front. And then a potent secondary. We know Jesse Bates has got talent. You know, this is a phenomenal job. Like we say, number one in the AFC, it's obviously early doors. But fair, fair play to... Uh, Zach Taylor, fair play to the Bengals. Um, the world's always seems a bit better when the Bengals are a good football team. Yeah, I think what's in, why this probably feels like a bit more like a statement game as well, or a statement win, certainly on the season at least, is looking at the rest of that AFC. Is when, obviously, just seeing off the Ravens, the reasons you know, the Ravens have been so beat up and having lost all the running back, they're starting to lose their own O-linemen now as well, mm-hmm. aren't they? Yeah. And you think they might be in as well as good as they have been up till now. And and you'll you'll still expect them to uh, ride through it because they seem to be very good at doing that. Um, there's a there is a stage where that's going to really slow them down, and maybe the Bengals start putting their foot down in that division, get away from obviously the Steelers and yeah, but look, all of their issues, and the, and the Browns likewise. With well, the, I think, yeah, I think it's a fair point because they could be now and all. Of this. Browns and the Ravens are injury prone now. I mean, we saw that. I I've never seen Lamar get sacked as often. Uh, is it five times he was sacked in this game? Five times. Um, for a guy as loose as that, and he danced out countless more. I mean, the Ravens should be panicking. They're still five and two. They're still, you know, they'll still be playoff bound if the season ends today. Still a fantastic football team, but there are little cracks appearing. We're talking about a Bengals team now that's been into Pittsburgh and won. They've been into uh, into Baltimore and won. You know, and the, the opportunities there this season. If they can really, this is legit. This now for the Bengals this isn't a surprise anymore. The FC North has essentially been turned on its head right now. And two weeks after I called it a sea change, but, but that's when the Browns are winning. <laughs> but saying that, all four teams can beat anyone in the day. Uh, one of the more interesting divisions in the, in the NFL, let alone the AFC, and uh, one for us all to keep an eye on going forward. Something we've been keeping an eye on, well, since the start of the season, really, um, is, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs. And Sunday was another tough outing. Brandy Reed's men, wasn't it? What the hell? I mean... Two weeks ago, we sat here and they played. I can't remember who they played, but they've been beaten in a big game. It might be the Chargers. It might be the, um, the week after that. We were all saying there's no need to panic just yet if you're the Chiefs. If you're a Chiefs fan, they'll get. They've got a get right game against Washington. They got right, and then this week <laughs> they got bad again, didn't they? Uh, yeah, and it was um, pretty shambolic performance. I think everything that could go wrong kind of did for them. Mm. And it's, I mean, you know, you're playing the Titans. Who, with the wind in the sails, which is a, a tough ask, uh, and when and just when they got up early, you knew the way the Kansas had been. It, it just felt like Addy is Patrick Mahomes suddenly going to rediscover his form, or is he going to keep and and everyone else around him? Are they going to keep pushing it as hard, uh, you know, too far basically? Which is where I think a lot of the problems seem to have been coming from. Certainly on his end, he seems to be. Tr- or oh, trying too hard, trying to make too many plays. So, yeah, there's a part um, of that, isn't there? And 
it certainly felt like that uh, on Sunday and and, uh, and on the other side of the ball as well. It just felt like they were just coming part of the seams a little bit and really, really rattled when they were down. What, what was it at the half? Twenty something. Oh well, twenty-seven. Ended, uh, sorry, tw- it ended twenty-seven-three. You just don't expect that. Yeah, it's twenty-seven nil at the half. It did. It's going second. That's it. that's insane performance from the Times, which we'll get to in a bit. Um, your question: how, how are we all enjoying the Kansas City Chiefs dynasty? And of course, I'm loving it. Obviously, being a Chargers fan in the AFC West, but this is what makes the game great. You know, by any keen eye, the Chiefs are still a good football team, aren't they? Yeah, you know, you watch the yeah, they are, but they are fallible. Right? That's that's how football works. You know, the half a billion dollar quarterback, like you say, he's he's, throw, he's misfired. He's thrown nine picks in seven games. For context, I think he threw eleven in the previous two seasons in total. So it's eleven in thirty-two games, or maybe thirty-one if he had a, a week a game off. The offensive lines causing issues. I've seen Orlando Brown really struggling on the left side, taking time to gel. And the second is vulnerable. Good. That's good. That's good for the NFL. It's good for the league. Teams can figure it out. They can have an opportunity to win. Uh, but what has really changed? Not many teams are like are, are completely NFL. Really, are they? Everyone's got a weakness. Everyone's fallible. They all have it. And teams are trying to learn about Kansas City. But if you look. It's hard to say this right now because they're, they're three and four now after seven weeks. That makes them a bang average team. But they're still ridiculously unlucky. Seven of those nine interceptions have been tipped. Yeah, so Seven out of nine. That's insane. They've turned the ball over in the red zone three times this season. Each time, that meant they lost the game by less than a field goal, I think. That two I fumbles from Clyde, obviously. Yeah. It's only a matter of time before those stats kind of redress themselves, isn't it? Yeah, and when you look at the Oh, you think losses, so, anyway. You don't, yeah. <laughs> when you look at the losses are Ravens, Chargers, Bills and Titans... Um, <laughs> they're, all, they're all playoff teams, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. I mean, they've had a hell of a schedule and then... <laughs> Uh, they'll, they'll be relieved to be uh, visiting New York uh, on Sunday. Yeah, Monday night football, that one, mate. Uh, Monday, sorry. Um, but yeah, you just feel, I think there's a lot of things that come home. Obviously, the fact that the O line is completely new, mm. near enough, and, and yeah, it sort of fell apart the end of last season. And obviously, like you say, what was so great about the league is that uh, there is this parity. So they couldn't, you know, they had to uh, sort of knock it down and rebuild it as, as on a bit of a shoestring. Um, Obviously, that's left gaps where yeah they've been relying on obviously that uh, triumvirate of uh, Hill, Kelsey, and Mahomes, and they I mean they just look a little bit frazzled by it all as well. The fact that there's suddenly a bit of adversity for the first time. Uh, he came out in the, in the press conference and said, you know, it's not always going to be rainbows and love hearts, didn't he? He said this is yeah. this is football, you know. And and you sort of see what the yeah okay, well it was the Colts, wasn't it? Sorry, not the Titans. The uh, okay, same team, isn't it? But the, uh, <laughs> the two you always forget. Two always forget. But the, the, that playoff game when he was well, however far down and just, able, just carried on as if they weren't and, and came back. They, 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 that was the Titans. The Titans. And they have that very sort of unflappable nature about them, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they do. Just... Oh, so you think, well, they'll get it together. Obviously, they've got two great coaches uh, in Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo. You'd think must be... <laughs> Pulling his hair out at that defence at the minute, but I'm <laughs> sure he'll, he'll be whipping them into shape by come December. Nah, or you imagine it must be. Nah, I think this this is a, something waiting to bounce back. It's going to be a breakout game for that defence. Uh, I've so much so I've even picked him as my fancy defence next week. Oh. Well, so, that's Giants. So. It is the Giants, yeah. But the Giants have been scoring, so it will be interesting to see. Let's just make a quick word, one last word. Mahomes obviously took that walloping hit, didn't he? Did not look great coming off the field. How he passed that uh, concussion test, I do not know. He did sound fine in the press conference afterwards, but 
hell on earth that our man can go from flopping around like he was to being fit enough to to play the day after. Well, yeah, although I do wonder about all the. Uh, Oh, the, the, the Still not convinced, though. Well, no, no, because no, the amount of stuff that the NFL has put into it, I don't think there's like a, it's not like a Kansas City doctor said, oh, yeah, no, he's fine getting back out there. He's yeah. all independent. Smelling salts. Oh, but, you know, it is, it is very thorough and stuff like that. So um, I trust the uh, officials on the field a lot more than yeah. the various... Uh, and you trust Andy Reid to make the right decision, don't you, as well, not, yeah. not the decision that he needs. He, he but, said he held him out as a... a, a, a Called it a head coach's decision, didn't yeah. he? Well, there seems to be a lot of uh, condemnation of that from people a lot further away than the blue tent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like sat on my sofa the other night. Um, quick word on Tennessee. They look a lot more legit now, don't they, after knocking off the two AFC Championship games back-to-back weeks. Um, the, even week one, when they got absolutely slapped by the Cardinals, so that looks like a pretty good loss now. Uh, they beat the Seahawks, they beat the Colts, then they lost to the Jets. That's the one wobbler, isn't it? The 27-24 against exactly. the Jets. Since then... They won by 18 points against the Jaguars, by 3 points against the Bills, and obviously by 24 against the Chiefs. I think this is a team where they're... I think there's a correlation, isn't there, a little bit. Now, they've seemed to have found their footing again. AJ Brown's back, isn't he? Um, that passing game's got that little bit of extra spark, and whilst they don't necessarily need to lean on it, it doesn't mean that maybe teams just can't step well, the box and be yeah, there. Well, I think that's what a lot of what happened, isn't it? That Kansas did start the box a bit, and AJ Brown enjoyed himself, as, the result, mm. as did Tannehill. Um but yeah, obviously when they get that offense, which is, you know, there's nothing new there. I think the fact that the defense has played a lot better than it has done uh, and that was always going to be, that was everyone's main concern uh, for the Titans over the last two years and they've been struggling to sort it out, but it was playing as a unit without it. Is anyone really... Harold Landry's looked stepped up as well as he on the, on the defensive line. It is, it's good to see. There's a, there's, a, there's a fortitude about Tennessee. You kind of think you can lean on a little bit Certainly in that AFC South, which the Colts are coming good a little bit, I suppose. But well, it's going to be interesting on Sunday, actually, to see how that those It is, isn't it? Yeah. Always interesting between those two teams. Uh, but yeah, I'm feeling a lot more, a lot better about my pre-season stuff of Kansas City not winning their division and the Titans <laughs> being the number one ranked AFC side at the end of it. So. <laughs> Bless you. You always like to clutch onto some kind of narrative halfway well, through the season, don't you? Well, it looked very bad after uh, two weeks of that prediction, but it started, it started to feel a bit better. <laughs> We'll get to your predictions later. You are still shockingly bad at predicting stuff. Um, Sam, Las Vegas Raiders, are they guilty of leaking <laughs> emails from their coach just to get him fired and out the, out of the way? Well, I tell you what, if, if it is someone who's playing 5D chess down there, um, <laughs> something like, well, why were they paying Gruden all this money? Also, he's out the door. And they've uh, <laughs> flown off the last two games, haven't they? Obviously, I mean, see it. Just looking very good again, having been sort of patchy first uh, month or so, wasn't it? Sometimes good, sometimes bad. This like back on track, but this was uh, well, it's not quite a state winning against Philadelphia Eagles, but it was such a comfortable game for them against. Yeah, I think it's slightly underrated Philly. I think that you just do wonder, and you know, Carr's playing with a bit more freedom now, and perhaps he's uh, enjoying Gruden not not being on his uh, shoulder so much. <laughs> I don't know. And and uh, you know an event like that can be galvanising among players. I think you know sort of said last week was it that that game was either was a real chance to sort of come together as a unit and and fair enough it is just uh, slapping over the, in a one way it's just slapping the Broncos and the Eagles. So is it that is it that impressive? But I don't know the way they're playing. They look they look like a you know. It's legit too strong a word, but they, you know real serious uh, serious teams play. No one. 
you don't want to face them at any time, I don't think. So, the AFC second seed right now, I know um, this isn't the thing I'm going to start banging, I banged on about this uh, week, I don't know if week seven is too early to start penciling those in, but I think saying that they had a sputtering start was a bit harsh to beat the Ravens in week one on Monday Night Football, they smashed the Steelers, they then beat the Dolphins, which everyone's done, they lost to the Chargers, fair enough, the week after that was their big loss, losing to, to the Bears, wasn't it, 20 to 9 that's a good one. And that was a bad one, wasn't it? And then Gruden goes, doesn't he? Gruden gets that's that was Gruden's last game, and maybe that was part of it. He was he was clinging on. Um but two weeks ago, like you said, they absolutely bullied the Broncos. Two late touchdowns from the Broncos made that score look respectable, but they bullied them. And they did exactly the same thing to Philly on Sat on Sunday, who put on fifteen points in the final quarter just to make again make the score and look not too embarrassing. I like this team, I like I like I'm enjoying the variety in the backfield and the variety in the passing game. This week Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs, they shared the load. No, Josh Jacobs got hurt in the in the first half, didn't he? Uh, they both went for almost five yards of carry. Derek Carr, to me, is a sneaky MVP candidate. He's been brilliant every game. He just, for... just on Kenyon Drake, sorry, he wasn't... What did he have? So, last game, 69 yards in this one, 34 Denver. And then 11-2, 24. You know, barely, barely featuring at all, barely any rushes. Yeah, but the carries have gone up in this one, haven't they? Yeah, and so, he was thinking... He was brought in. I don't know if Gruden really wanted him there. It felt, felt well, like to be honest, Gruden just likes shiny things, and then when he gets to see him close up, they're not maybe not quite as uh, sparkly as he thought. He's a bit odd, isn't he? You'd think that as a you know, like you say, as a tandem, uh, seems something. That it was a bit puzzling. They weren't using him in that way. Yeah, maybe in the passing game a little bit more. Who knows? I mean, again, this passing game though, Derek Carr, three hundred twenty yards in this game, but not one receiver with more than sixty yards. You know, he's absolutely spreading the ball around. Um, huge credit to Rich Bisakia for circling the wagons, but to me. You can criticise Gruden all you want for about certain things, you know, all the stuff that came out, but the signs were already there that this was in the works for me, for the Raiders. The 5-2, and two, like I say, they look capable of throwing down with the best of them. You know, if it gets into a bit of a shootout, they're ready to go, I think. The defence looking a lot better. You know, they've got a pair of pass rushes now, Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe got a couple of sacks in this game, didn't they? Um, it's a balanced, competitive team. OK, they're playing the Eagles. Now, I want to have a bit of a word about the Eagles before passing on to you. Um... Philly are going to be all over the place this year. They've cleared out the expensive deadwood. They've left with unpredictable rookies or second-year players. They're going to be up and down. They've mm-hmm. got loaded with draft picks. So they're they're um, basically gearing up for an, an, an a fresh start, aren't they? The jury's still out on Jalen Hurts, but I thought he had a pretty good game on Sunday. Definitely shown growth this season compared to last. But there's still those like half-field read issues, little delays in decision-making um, that you see out of him. But... His dual threat ability does make up for some of those warts in some regard, don't they? He is obviously put on like almost over 300 yards on the ground. So, this is a quarterback who I think has probably done better than the majority, majority of people will think. Whether or not he's done enough to be a franchise quarterback yet, I don't know. But for Philly, if you're getting close to seven wins this season, I think you'd have to take that as a rebuild. That's not a bad start to rebuild from, isn't it? Yeah, certainly. I, th- I see the main thing about them is that they're... I think they're quite good fun. They're, they're, they're certainly on the offense. They, yeah, a bit interesting, a bit different. It's, it's interesting. I think they've again. They seem like they can score on anyone uh, most of the time, if not quite enough. <laughs> but like I say, for a young team, I think it's a very promising stuff. And I mean, you're never going to get a feel good factor in Philly, are you? But <laughs> yeah, it feels like you know it might be the start of that in a way. A couple more wins, and they you know, certainly would be. But um, quite, I've got a sneaky like the Eagles at the moment but uh, do, do you, can you see like you get, say, they're still, getting anywhere near playoffs no they're still too early for them like they're just say. a bit flaky and I, I, I think, think I don't know what the uh, the draft capital is looking quite good at the minute isn't it the, um, yeah, it could be a three picks in the top ten right yeah. now as if uh, yeah <laughs> some so of those are coming 
coming home to roost very nicely for them. So they, these are ones to keep a keep a half eye on. But I think this season they're, uh, well, yeah. The dream, of course. Off the, pace. the dream, of course, is if Jalen Hurts is legit, and then you've got three for top uh, first round picks, and or certainly three top ten picks, and yeah. you don't have to go and find that quarterback or use them to move up to get your quarterback. You can, in fact, use them to get three bona fide first round players, and that will be the ideal. Yeah, especially in this draft, where uh, it's still not really shaping up to have. Uh, we had some fun, didn't we, this weekend? Oh, back to uh, definitely. We were on the. Uh, hang your hat on, as they say. Yeah, we were having some fun. Uh, well, we'll get. Uh, so, should we do it now? Since we talk about quarterbacks, let's just jump up to the quarterback conversation cool. we want to have. Um, you want to throw in a medley of teams here who've got quarterback issues, well, or certainly question marks anyway. Uh, we had good fun this weekend, didn't we, on, on Twitter. Taking the mickey a little bit out of Miami Dolphin situation, I, I started it off by saying, tank for Tanner Mordecai, as an SMU quarterback, and hashtag fins up. It didn't get much of a favourable response from any Dolphins fans. The player aren't seeing the funny side right now. Um, but the but suggestion leading, is he's leading the country in scoring touchdowns. The suggestion, the, yeah, yeah, the suggestion is that two tangle by lower might not be the guy they want after all. You know, the, we'll get to other other things, um, but essentially they could be looking for their next quarterback already. Which, if you're not a Dolphins fan, is highly amusing considering we've had to basically put up with two years of them dismantling the whole team, tanking for Tua, mm-hmm. and Within, well, what? Not even one full season of games yet. Fourteen games. Well, they blew the tanking, didn't they, by winning a game and uh, or winning five games? They, sorry. <laughs> so they had to put up with the fifth overall. They did, so they do you get... think they would have changed their mind and gone with Joe Burrow? Um, at the time, I think they might have at the time. To be honest with you, so Joe too. Burrow was very hot. He was that, wasn't he? Let's start off this on a, on a sour note, though. Uh, any team considering trading for Deshaun Watson? Whilst 22 women have litigation against him accusing him of sexual misconduct, needs to have a way of themselves, don't they? The, the dreamers are absolutely... I, I find a lot of them very hard to believe indeed. No, they're true. Um, they're true, so believe it. How bad is that? How strong the sources are. Uh, so geez, and yeah, it is um, yeah, morally uh, repugnant, I go so far as to say. Uh, but just putting that aside, um, he might not feel, see the field for two seasons, effectively. But, all this season is pretty, probably going to be a write-off. And next season, went, either with league suspension or he legal, may, yeah. legal punishment, well, yeah, he could be facing a criminal uh, trial. He's certainly facing a civil trial. Um, and assuming that civil trial come uh, doesn't fall in his favour, then the NFL is going to uh, throw the book at him, aren't they? especially of, of the you know the uh, the the profile he's got. That he won't. He'll get a season's ban straight if, if he's found guilty of these in a civil court. Yeah, for sure. So you're. So if Miami are going to go in this trade and get rid of, I mean, the cost of Chua to do it'll be just immense to then get someone in to get Watson in who he might not be able to play for another two years. By which time he's what twenty eight, twenty nine. Think. What are you? What's the business sense in all this? So the, you got an issue with the optics. Well, that's on top of it. But obviously, the, yeah, the morals behind it. it the morality. As well, but, and the actual uh, sanity of the of the whole deal. Yeah, it's funny bizarre that anyone's wanting to trade for him right now when it's so up in the air. Yeah. Yes, he's a very good quarterback, but he, he might not play. He might be in prison for ten years. The, the trade deadline. The trade deadline is the second November. So basically, after these bunch of games this weekend, we'll get a lot more clarity on this. Um, Deshaun Watson is an excellent quarterback when he's on the field. He obviously is. You're right. The, how the Houston Texans 
aren't laughing at this situation right now. They've got because you think it's just the Dolphins. I'm telling you, there's two teams involved in this well, Washington now. Washington have been mentioned, aren't they? Washington have been mentioned in a different regard. I guess that as well. There's another team now, so they they basically be able to crank up the value of Deshaun Watson. If you're Houston, depending on which side you look at it, he's either damaged goods and you could be looking to get anything for him. Or you can say he's an absolute bona fide franchise quarterback and I want three first round picks. And it looks like it's airing towards that side, like the, the, the sheer amount of trade capital we're talking about here. The interesting thing about Tour is that it's almost insulting to suggest that after one season you can make this decision, but we have seen it before. But after his first 14 games, Tua's actually got better stats than Josh Allen did after his first 14 games. Tua's got 2,649 yards, Josh Allen 2,581. Tua 18 touchdowns, Josh Allen 12. Tua 9 interceptions, Josh Allen 14. Tua had an 89.4 rating, Josh Allen had a 70.8 rating. That alone should make you think, what are you making a decision for this early? problem is everyone uses Josh Allen as a yardstick when in truth he was a complete outlier for the position mm-hmm. nobody has uh, as, as improved like Allen has in the history and everyone expected Allen to need that kind of improvement when he came into the league didn't they that's the reason why he fell to 10th in the draft he had all the tools but everyone knew it was going to be a learning curve for Allen Tua people thought it might take a bit of time as well but for different reasons for the injury wasn't it well, for the injury for his size for the, you know, yeah, the fact of the South Pole <laughs> well, I think I, yeah. I thought. No, you're right. Southpaw doesn't mean you're left-handed, by the way. But can't. Well, it's, it, in sporting terms, it gets referred to as a southpaw. <laughs> Apparently, he's not left-handed. I found out the other week. That well, that's his first problem. He should be throwing it with his better hand. He was he was taught to play with his left by his dad, but he's actually naturally right-handed. Interesting. Very interesting. And um, he thought he's, the problem with Tua is he's going to end up falling into the Sam Darnold category, who is the other quarterback. Obviously, we need to talk about a little bit here because his career in Carolina, who becomes the second team very much interested in Deshaun Watson. He's tanked. The first three games looked okay. After that, he's fallen to pieces. I think it's fair to say that the second round pick was worth a gander, but outside of that, the guy's not a franchise quarterback, is he? Because he's at we're at year four now. You can say that after year four. You can't say that after 14 games with two, can you? No, I think especially when... Fourteen injury riddle games. He's still, you know, he's nursing these ribs as well, which I think is holding him back in in the play at the moment as well. Which is, you know, last two games, so when the pressure's really cranked up again because he's he's not quite making the deep balls, is he? Which he, which he, he used to be capable of. I think he's just, I think a part of that is injury. I don't think I think he's got it in him. And, yeah, I still have quite a lot of faith into her. I mean, less and less in Sam Darnold. Now. I mean, it's a bit I feel a bit harsh on him as well because he's got because I like she was. 14 games and overcoming injuries. Uh, you know, Sam Darnold's overcoming three years with Adam Gase, so... <laughs> but he has had three full years. You look at Josh Rosen, uh, well, and you start feeling... A few weeks out with Mono. Oh, fair point, fair point. Okay, so, Tua, not washed. I think that's the verdict. First injury when he came to the league, hampered him. Obviously, there have been injuries since then. Despite that, he's had moments of brilliance in the last two weeks. We mm. saw that in the last two weeks. You know, stay the course, Miami. You've got bigger issues than than uh, than Tua Tungle of Iloa. You've got... Uh, bottom five offense and a bottom five defense, and a questionable decision maker at head coach. I think you've got two Tango Bailoa is not your problem just yet. It might be a future, but he isn't right there's, now. There's parts of your parts of that team that are regressing quite rapidly this season. And it's not you. <laughs> yeah, correct. Darnold might be done, like we say. Change the scenery helps him for three weeks since then. Unwatchable. Um, That's a real problem for Carolina, isn't it? Because 
Well, this season maybe, but let's be, let's not. I mean, okay, they had admissions, didn't they? After after uh, the first three weeks, and the defense mm-hmm. is looking good. But okay, so what? The offense isn't isn't there yet. Well, they they're not on the clock. They're not pressured to win this season, you know. But, but I think they, they thought they found a real good good out there, didn't they? For I think they did. I think they did well to get Sam Darnold for a second round pick just to see what they've got. The fact that it hasn't worked, I don't think tarnishes anything they've done. I don't think it means anything bad for Joe Brady or Matt Rule. Or even David Tepper. I'll tell you what does make, make things bad for David Tepper. A guy who's come in and bought this organisation, made sweeping changes to this organisation that was a little bit tired uh, from, the, from the Jerry Richardson era for the things he got up to. He's going after Deshaun Watson. Have they not learned a thing? You know, this is insane. Deshaun Watson's got a no-trade clause in his contract, which he, apparently he was only willing to waive for Miami. But if Carolina come in, he should probably waive for those as well. Obviously, he played Clemson, which is in Carolina. He's not... You know, and it's not a bad franchise to end up at, is it, Carolina? In the current state of things, um, well, I assume you're going to snap anyone's hand off. That's why you say that. I don't know. I don't know. If, for instance, I mean, it's hard to find a, a team <laughs> as bad as Houston right now. But uh, you, you won't go to Jacksonville. You know, I said. Do you reckon? No, if Jacksonville came knocking on the door, said something happened to Trevor, you won't go there. Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, the other two were quite. I want to mention to me. I don't even think we need to talk about them. They're both rookies. Their stories are far from written. Wilson, in particular, was expected to have a steep learning curve coming to this league. Fields was a little more unknown, but anyone who stays in a favourable position in Chicago is, t- is on drugs. I think the two, um, the reason I put, put them into a quarterback discussion this week, um, I want to call it rookie quarterback decisions, but neither two are well down or that. <laughs> you just sort of sometimes feel like it. But um, so obviously, Zach Wilson went down with that, uh, was it in the injury or uh, where he's out for four weeks or so? Um, and they've bought Flacco in. Yeah, they have for uh, a fifth round pick. This is interesting because he was at New York before he, this season. Uh, of course he was. Um, Which is ridiculous. Let him go and then they have to cough up a fifth round pick for him. <laughs> well, that's, that's why don't you just go and get a kid off the streets? That's, that's, a, a big deal. that's the Jets for you. Why well, do the Jets feel like they need to win this season? Well, I, why, I just wondered if this was so fifth round. It's not yeah. Yeah. that big a deal. But you just wonder if... Uh, it means they could probably play for the rest can, of the season. They could play for the rest of the season maybe or at least you know have him in the room for... Just to help Zach Wilson along, that's why I thought it's this injury a little bit of a blessing in disguise. In that, you know, he was. Yeah, you could argue that. That you know, it's, it was a real, uh, you know, popping at the deep end, isn't he, in New York? So this just takes uh, a bit of the limelight off him, takes a bit of the pressure off him, just gives him a bit more time to grow as, in his in his first year. Um, so I just, I just wondered about that with Zach with Wilson, and then over in Chicago, you wonder. They haven't. They're not going <laughs> to wonder if they always want the same to happen to Fields and just to get a knock. Uh, so they can put uh, the red rifle back in, and again just let him have a bit of bit of growing space, bit of growing time, which There's which not... is is a hard, which is becoming a rare rare thing in the NFL. Isn't it? Not, they're not really allowed it anymore. The thing, the thing that annoys me about this is that you can scheme ways to get these guys the opportunity to get better. You take your lumps this season and move on, as long as the, there's a plan in place and you can see it taking effect. The issue with Chicago is they're only three and four. They think they've still got playoffs. Yeah. They've still got playoff ambitions, essentially. And I don't know what anyone who watched that game... There was some stuff coming out from uh, Matt Nagy about Matt Nagy. He's got well. COVID, isn't he? So he's going to miss this next game. Uh, yeah, but was, um, with that COVID issue, apparently was it his right tackle or someone who uh, Fields was unaware was on the COVID list until like, they pretty much took the field. And like, oh, yeah, he's not here today because he'd seen him watching tape with one of the coaches. There was a report coming... Coming out, so I find it. Oh dear, that's embarrassing, uh, isn't it? And there was another thing about. Oh yeah, he was, he was made to do a play 
I'm trying to find a report on this, but he was made to make a play because he was told there was 12 men on the field and there wasn't. So this is Adam Hogue, is it? Harish? Yeah, go for it. Uh, but finally, on the first interception, Fields quick snapped the ball because he was told uh, in his headset that the Bucks had 12 players on the field. So he thought it was a free play, which is the second week in a row that's happened for him. Who told him? Where's he got that information from? I don't know, but this is a blue tick uh, guy. <laughs> and it's been reported, and this has been sort of second reported on, I think, from an ESPN site. Um, yeah, Elijah Wilkinson, sorry, was on COVID-19 and Justin Field apparently didn't know about that until the day of the game, so... He wasn't do, aware who was, th- was protecting him. Yeah. So you do, he does seem like a bit discombobulated, doesn't it? A little bit. Lack of communication, not, work, <laughs> not re- reflecting well on a man who's... Yeah, and if, they, if, if, those, uh, if those reports are you know, accurate, then yeah, it cranks the pressure off on Nagy, which is probably why he thinks he needs to get a playoff to... A playoff berth to uh, get another year, which Mr. Butler's case was last year, wasn't yeah. it? Somehow, nice little segue though to talk about a team um, who were playing the Chicago Bears this week, and I say playing, they absolutely destroyed them in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Sam, you seem to be under the impression that nobody is talking about how easy things are looking for Tampa. I, 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 what was the full question? Was that, am I is nobody listening? is nobody talking about how easy things are looking for Tampa, or am I just not listening? Am I just switching off whenever they get mentioned because they seem to be absolutely steep? Well, yeah, because nobody's talking about them because everyone knows how good they are. You might not want to admit it, but we discussed in the off season how no team has ever retained a Super Bowl winning roster quite like this one has. You know, the only question, according to one Mister Samuel Acroyd, was if Brady finally hit the decline. And sorry, buddy, those drugs seem to be uh, working fine for another year, pal. Well, indeed, uh, against six hundred touchdown, I mean to, well, <laughs> but that was the only talk about this game. It was so one sided. The Bears scored three points on the first drive, and they didn't score again the whole game. It was ruthless, absolutely ruthless. Yeah, that that guy got ribbed for giving the ball back for for, to, for not enough compensation, didn't got he? Nothing like. I think Tom Brady said he gave him a bitcoin. He, he got a bitcoin, and he got uh, like uh, season tickets for for the rest of this year and next. That's uh, fair enough. A couple of signed shirts and stuff. Um, you got a goodie bag. But yeah, people saying that the ball could be worth, worth half at least a half a mil, <laughs> probably a bit more in a few years' time. Um, Fuck all that. But yeah, I suppose uh, uh, if you if you're a Tampa Bay fan, you might want to just be uh, be nice to the players as well. I suppose you on field heroes maybe, but um, they're, they're imperious. Everywhere you look, there's talent on that team. They've got apparently they've got issues in secondary. Have they? Because it looks perfectly fine. I still think a lot of that. I still don't overly rate the running game, but it's still more than good enough. Um, but they just, uh, I think when other teams uh, around the league, like we're saying, you know, the AFC side of things, where each every team seems to suddenly win bigger than lose bigger the week after. Um, I mean, they play New Orleans this year, uh, this week, so it might happen on Sunday. But uh, <laughs> they just look. Um, you know, light years ahead at the minute, I suppose. Yeah, well, that's and, exactly what but nothing going wrong, nothing's going wrong for them either, and every other team had a, like a little bit of adversity in it. The only, the only team, shall we say, that took a bigger L this weekend than the Chicago Bears was Sky Sports, was deciding that that game was a, a suitable game to put on at a nine pm slot. Oh, did they? Nobody was paying any attention to that game by the end of it. It was a waste of time. The game, Sam, they should have put on, which is. Probably the most exciting thing that's happened all week was, of course, Detroit Lions versus Los Angeles Rams. The Jared Goff-Matthew Stafford revenge game. 
Um, this was an absolute cracker. You got the impression, as everyone got the impression, that Dan Campbell knew that the only way to win this would be to throw the kitchen sink at the Rams, be very aggressive, pull some surprises, get up early and cling on for dear life. And you know what? It nearly damn well worked, didn't it? Um, nearly. Look, don't look at the box <laughs> score. And so This annoyed me when I read this. Detroit pull out all the stops and finish a distant second. They didn't finish a distant second. They are a distant second to the Rams in terms of quality, yes, but they didn't finish a distant second. I don't know. It's not, I, they, they, I mean, they stopped scoring in the second half completely. I don't... Oh, come on. They were they were six down in the fourth quarter. They engineered a nine-minute, 63-yard, 15-play drive that Jalen Ramsey had to pick off in their own end zone I guess they put... to deny them going taking the lead. I guess they put themselves in the position for Jared Goff to win the game, which of course he didn't do. <laughs> but it's not um, a distant second, is it's it? It's not a distant second, no. But also, I mean, he did really throw everything at it. Obviously, starting off with well, a great drive at the start. Well, the, yeah, it was an excellently scripted first drive, wasn't it? Yeah, and uh, no, 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 uh, no qualms on that. Obviously, and then bringing out everyone's favourite. Uh, the cheeky onside kick with three minutes of the game gone uh, that is ballsy talk about ballsy callsy wardy because I've seen you ballsy callsy again this week and whilst it's better than last week I'm still not over enamoured with it get some Dan Campbell stones in you son yeah wonder where you got that idea from Um, (laughs) but yeah you put that in it and it comes off as well and then Sean Payton did it after half time mate in the Super Bowl oh come Come on on. yeah mate that's big time Um, it's a much bigger stage than uh, you you uh, lamed up quarterback's revenge game. Oh, come on! Uh, can, you're not buying into <laughs> this! But I, no, I loved it. And obviously, the, my favourite is obviously uh, fake punts. Um, which <laughs> you pulled two off in this pulled game. Pulled two off. Two different stars. Well, a passing one and a running one. Yeah. Um, the thing is, that the last. The, I mean, the problem with doing There's only one thing less, less unlikely than a fake punt, and that's two in a game. You pull off it once, you don't think they're going to do it again, do you? Certainly not as quickly as they did on top of that. I mean, it was all within the first... Well, I'm Dan Campbell, minutes, I'm, I'm lining up for a punt in there on first well, down. Next, that yeah. would confuse people. Well, quite a fact, they want, then that wound up going to a field goal, didn't they? Is so, it? Yeah. And the, yeah, they commentated about uh, going for three points. Well, or are they? We don't know. <laughs> but they did. Uh, but yeah, they, I mean, they just put it all out there, didn't they, the players? And, and it was fun and you admire and yeah, they've kind of played a bit like this, this is what I suppose he promised that they were going to do every fight, every every way, conceivable way they could to, uh, to as a unit. But they're still sitting winless, and uh, despite a few green shoots, you, you do wonder how how much further they've got to go just to get a few W's on the board, let alone be uh, competitive. Well, that's it. Goff showed us why exactly who he is he, uh, this week. A man who can operate efficiently in fair weather, but doesn't have that momentum changing. Freestyle, big playability, does he to win games the team shouldn't, just doesn't have that in his locker. That's the problem for the Lions in 2021, but it shouldn't overshadow a team whose best days are ahead of them, I think. You know, they, I think they drafted well, I think they've added key pieces well, yeah, I think they've got know, back room staff with. Uh... Nobody wants to see this team go winless. I would argue not even the Irish rivals would be that mean, considering just how much heart they're putting out on the pitch, you know, every year. Does this give Dan Campbell a bit of validation? The scripted first drive, I'd say so. I'd say yes. How close this game was, sadly not. You know, he knew. I think he's just trying to get a spark. A win mean will mean so much to this team. Well, you know, I think that's the you know next big issue for them is that you put like you say the playing with so much they're playing so well together. But they're not really putting it there. But when when you keep doing that and keep getting these owls, it does get 
it, it does that drag you down, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Sadly. At a point when you can't sustain that. There, are, there will be easier comp- easier opportunities to get a win though than against the Rams, who were obviously a superior football team that just found themselves behind due to no fault of their own. But I think a knew how big that deal that would have been, obviously, if it was a huge Jared deal. Goff, yeah, obviously being the a, the, Rams, the narrative, yeah, and then just having the you, quality you of opponent that, on the road, that revenge thing. Yeah, you know, would have been they could have that could have done them for the season realistically. Um, but yeah, sorry, you were talking about how good the how goodish the Rams are. Yeah, I mean they overcame that. They didn't panic, did they? That slice of hand that. Intensity from the opponent didn't phase them. They stuck to the game plan by half time. They were already winning, mm. you know, and they didn't relinquish that lead. They looked good on all aspects of the football. Their big time recruit uh, payments, you know, the bloody Jalen Ramsey's of this world, the Aaron Donalds of this world, really stepped up when they needed for big plays. You can't fault the Rams. That scoreline doesn't suggest that they're struggling in any way, shape, or form. If anything, it shows you that they are a bona fide football team by the fact that they overcame some adversity without even breaking a sweat. That's my that's my personal opinion on the game. I thought it was a fantastic game. I really, really hope that Dan Campbell can get a win somewhere that they can get behind. That he proves he can be a head coach in this league because I think it's going to be. You know, I think that's the Detroit Lions we all want to see a real, a real committed Detroit Lions. I don't think that's something you can necessarily say has been the case. Yeah, certainly. I think he's shown enough in the even in the first seven weeks. Without, I mean, he could probably go off the rails, but to give be given. Uh, yeah, full confidence going into the off season. Not <laughs> already looking at the uh, draft for you there, Detroit. But uh, but yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think he deserves a a fully backed second year. Put it that way. Now we don't often open up our podcast to uh, questions from listeners, but I believe this one came from someone called at Rob Ward RW on Twitter. Said, "Is Cal Shanahan a fraud, Sam?" Well, not. I wouldn't say that. No. Um, oh, I think it privately. No, um, <laughs> I thought, yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? Well, this came from uh, from our esteemed colleagues, uh, other sort of listless uh, uh, WhatsApp when we were asking about the causes coming up, and obviously he's, he's put them in before. Um, I won't ruin it for you, but uh, well, ruin it for him. He's gone with the Bears over the Forty Nine Bears and said, "Anyone play the Forty Nine for the rest of the season, we absolutely stink." Um, <laughs> now this is obviously. He's not afraid of a bit of hyperbole, is he, old? Uh, oh no, he, he doesn't. Um, he doesn't flatten the curve, so to speak, of his emotions, does he? But also, you know, this is a lifelong Everton fan. Who you think would be <laughs> accustomed to accustomed it. to this kind of disappointment? But he seems to have took it a bit hard this this week after that. <laughs> you know, tricky tricky game in the monsoon in uh, in San Francisco. Monsoon misery, wasn't it? But uh, yeah, there's just been a few questions now about is Shanahan actually all that good? Um, and I guess the defence against him is well, actually, you know, he's kind of proven it a little bit already. And you know, two super, well, Super Bowl appearances coordinator and one as uh, head coach, of course. Uh, and he has got numerous injuries to hide behind, as seems to be the standard <laughs> standard practice in San Francisco over the last decade or so. He does. No, sorry, Roddy. He bottled it in the Super Bowl for the Falcons. He bottled it in the Super Bowl for the 49ers. Teams regressing. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Like, like Sam says, obviously the in, injuries are huge at the moment. They have been ever since he's been in San Francisco. Inevitable drop-off from that defence since Bobby Salah's gone. And underwhelming quarterback play from Jimmy G. Uh, that's tough to overcome, especially in that division where there's little leeway for mistakes. That being said, Cal Shanahan was offensive coordinator in Washington in Robert Griffin III's rookie year. They started the season 2-5. and five. They still made the playoffs. Anything is possible. What I will say, though, is that 
I think it's fair to say now that the 49ers have failed to live up to expectations, certainly this year at the very least. And the root of it is predominantly that quarterback position, isn't it? Injuries to both Lance. Uh, injuries to both. Mm. You know, Lance and Jimmy G. Lance not quite ready as well. And Jimmy G not quite the man. I'd say maybe a Jared Goff level quarterback we're looking at right now. Shanahan's probably earned himself some good grace, and rightly so. You know, he's a, he's a fantastic football mind. When it's right, when he's got the pieces, it's unbelievably tough offence to stop. But these 49 fans, they've got lofty standards. You know, they've got five Lombardis in the bank. They That seat's going to get warm if this shit continues. It doesn't matter what the reason for. And I'll tell you now, if Trey Lance is anything short of a franchise quarterback, it's not just Shanahan whose seat's going to be hot. It's going to be John Lynch's seat as well. Yeah, well, obviously, I mean, he's gambled his seat on him, hasn't he? When you pick... Paying the price they did for Trey Lance, I don't. You, I think it's the expectations thing that's. The, you can't. You can't miss on two. You can't miss on two quarterbacks. Because, you know. No, but I think this season for this season, so I think the issue is that. You did. You wonder if there was expectation that oh, actually, he might just come in and do it and be Justin Herbert or whatever, and, and really shine and, and and you know people would would be a bit mad to think of that, but that's football that's sports fans for you, isn't it? Um, and you just think. Well, they thought that well, Jimmy G can guide us through for a little bit. We can, he can get a season under it, and, and we'll pull him in that, out next year. And obviously, we've got. Does that ever work? But we've got. Yeah, but also, I mean, apart but, the, but the Mahomes aside, does that ever worked? Well, has it ever worked? Just throwing them in first. In... Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> of course, it has. But I think no. But not but, Just you heard it. But not to have that much pressure on you. So, so you're not really, even if he is playing every game, he's not really having to do that much because you've got the running game that they've got. We, you know, ridiculous committee, yeah. which is obviously got nearly all injured this time around, uh, and the defense again that they thought would see them through enough games that actually there's not going to be that much pressure on that quarterback position. And I think various injuries has meant there is that something that pressure on that quarterback position. Everyone's staring at it and seeing uh, it's the major a bit of a hole there that you know would have been papered over for a year while Trey Lance got good. And uh, if there's a football team that can go into Santa Clara on Sunday night football in those conditions and just not let it phase them and take, and take that game away from the 49ers who I think they went 9-3 up or something and <laughs> didn't see the end zone again uh, it's the Colts you know they've talked about injury issues they've overcome some significant injuries early in the season and they're looking like a team now who are going to kick on a bit like the Times themselves they're kind of buying out the creases now this is a bona fide football team isn't it yeah definitely I, I, I was down at the start of the season because Again, I thought because you don't trust Carson Wentz. I don't trust Carson Wentz, but I didn't know. But I didn't trust the injury report of whatever it was, like, uh, somewhere between four four weeks and two years or whatever. Like him and Quentin Nelson both had three seasons. Like, they, is this a massive long term injury that they're just hiding? It just sounded like that. But they both come back. Um, um, well, yeah, fine. So, so we're happy with the Colts, Sam. So the Colts are fine, getting into the strides. I don't. I don't condone drinking on the streets. Okay, but. Would you prefer a poetry in motion or an Elvis juice as you take us for a stroll down Acroyd Avenue? Acroyd Avenue. Uh, poetry in motion, please. Thanks for leaving a pause for the, for the theme tune, mate. Really appreciate it. Uh, I didn't know when you were going to put that pause in. Directly after Acroyd Avenue, as we do each week. Okay, I don't listen to the show, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, big week this week, wasn't it? It was, but let's uh, just get a few of the... Uh, the bigger boys out of the way first off, shall we? Alabama win again. Boy. Bill O'Brien's juggernaut offence. Oh, is he going to get a job? 
Yeah, well, I left James Scouting. I am coming up in San Francisco. USC, maybe. Oh, oh, that's a cheeky one. Anyway, not to... if you had, not if you got some Palmer there, dude. <laughs> oh, that's an interesting point, isn't it? Before we crack on, you might have had a bit of a uh, soundbite at the beginning of this uh, podcast of Mike Tomlin getting very upset about being linked with the USC job by one Carson Palmer. <laughs> yeah, then if he, uh, I mean, what's Carson Palmer think he is? Well, there's that. I mean, obviously, he felt slightly disrespected by it, and. Uh, I think if you didn't already know the lesson, don't upset Mike Tomlin. I'm not allowed to be on the wrong side of that at all. Terrifying. <laughs> Terrifying. But uh, is it that offensive to be linked to, like you say, one of the biggest, <laughs> biggest, richest jobs in, within uh, college it, football? It is, it is offensive, and I'll tell you why. Cool. It's offensive because how... Well, it's only saying he's not saying how, Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's essentially it. How many times do successful head coaches leave the NFL for a college job? Uh, possibly never. Never. But you say this year, so you, you Bobby Petrino left the Falcons to go and for the, to work for Arkansas in the SEC because he was shit and they were losing. Nick Saban went back to college football because he couldn't do it with the Jets. Pete Carroll couldn't do it in the AFC East and went back before going to the Seattle Seahawks. You only go back to college if you're shit. And that's why that's Mike Tomlin, who severely underrated as a head coach, one of the best head coaches certainly in my time watching the sport, two times Super Bowl winning head coach. I would be pissed off if I was him as well. It's a bit disrespectful. But you're, I mean, you're also telling me that uh, Evan Meyer would take in a heartbeat scene. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. You made that up. Well, I don't think you would. You're, you're general, that's what you were implying. Certainly. Well, of course, Evan Meyer is dog shit in the NFL so far. So, well, he's got a win, hasn't he? Get back on with your Acker Road Avenue where you know just yeah. slightly Bama, more. Bama 52, Tennessee 24. Uh, Georgia didn't play. Cincinnati saw off Navy 27-20. Just. Yeah. Whew. More from the armed forces a little bit later. Right, they, uh, I've got a little stat for you about these armed forces, if you like, mate. Well, the first time since, I think, the 40s that all three have played undefeated teams in the same week. Get on that one. I don't know what Air Force did. did they Air Force played San Diego State. They pushed them, didn't they? But they, they pushed lost. them, but they lost. Uh, well, a great effort from the uh, US armed forces overall. I say we'll get to the yep. big boys at Army in a bit. Um and uh, also top for Oklahoma wraps up their eighth underwhelming victory of the season. Oh, they squeaked out of the water. Yeah, outlasting Kansas, 35-23. Jayhawks were 1-5, hosting number three, Oklahoma. Kansas, by the way, are the Houston Texans of the Big 12. I'm just, not insulting just, anybody there. That's accurate. Is that just on, like, on-field stuff or like, more generally? <laughs> well, no, mostly just on-field stuff, yeah. Anyway, soon, soon as uh, still found themselves 10 up, 10 up for a half... Uh, and in real danger of being properly found out uh, before freshman quarterback Caleb Williams managed to engineer some scoring drives with a bit of help from his running back Kennedy Brooks who had a couple of scores not interesting uh, three sooner touchdowns in the final quarter basically when Kansas ran out of steam and uh, their wagon back on track for the playoffs uh, somehow a special mention by the way on Kansas uh, running back Devin Neal 100 yards two scores excellent performance excellent the sooner is the biggest fraud of a 7-0 team I've ever come across in my whole life 8-0 mate uh, Seven, eight, whatever, it doesn't fucking matter. Um, yeah, I, I kind of want them to get to the playoffs now to still seem absolutely stuffed. <laughs> uh, but they've got a couple of tricky games in November I'm not sure they're going to uh, negotiate. Uh, we will see. Uh, just to round off the top five teams, Ohio State, Wallops, Indiana, 54-7. That's a real um, team. is having a rough old October there. Yeah. <laughs> Losing also to Penn State and Michigan State in the last two weeks. Uh, that's to add to the two losses last month to Iowa and Cincy. This that sounds- is a schedule. This this will surprise people because last year Indiana were good, but for the previous God knows how many years before that, 
they've been shit. It's okay. a basketball school, and fair play to, to what they've got going on down there. But you know, it, it, it's not. This what is more. Is, this is more than normal than anything else. Yeah. Well, and the two or five, and those five teams, I think, have all been in the top ten when they played them. Yeah, yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a tough schedule, man. They're Big and, Ten football, and uh, three of them still are. Um, Anyway, now some fun stuff. Let's get that way. Yep. Illinois, 20. Penn State, ranked number 7 beforehand, 18. Yes, they mate. How fun can a 2018 possibly be? Even if it is an upset against the ranked Nittany Lions. How many overtimes? Well, finished 10 apiece, this. And it took nine overtimes to separate the two. <laughs> Do you um, want to explain to the listeners the new overtime well, yeah, rules so in college football? Basically, we have three overtimes, uh, as they used to be before. A couple of field goals each. Mm-hmm. So, 16-0. After that, now, uh, basically, I'm... Back of player safety, I think, also to try and speed things up sometimes. Didn't work in this one, did it? It uh, didn't work in this one. Basically, you hit sudden death, where both teams just take it in turns to take two-point conversions. Correct. Uh, somehow, five consecutive attempts from both teams resulted in no score whatsoever. <laughs> uh, you just watching it, you think, there's loads of open players with like tip, you know, fingertip catches that, I'm going to pull that in, and no, just bounce off his fingertips, it's on and on and on. We're not done. <laughs> it just kept going. Uh, before, in the eighth round, uh, or is it both teams scored and then the ninth of fighting Illinois or actually not sorry, it's not. It is uh, fine Yeah, I thought I was getting it wrong. Uh yeah, finally edged them out for an FBS record nine overtimes. Uh it's just ridiculous. Honestly, it's just Great work on the rules, guys. It's a bit like you'll remember it, I'm not sure how many other people will, but uh back in the days of David Moyes at Man United, uh in a um League Cup semi-final against Sunderland. Me and you were in the pub watching that we game. Were, we were. After we'd been to a beer festival. We were. The, one of the worst penalty shootouts you've ever seen in your life. Um, with people like... God, who was coming up to take... Quinton Fortune? Possibly. No, Not as bad as that. But John O'Shea. John O'Shea. And, yeah, big name after big name like that. Coming up to the penalty spot and sky, saying, you're going to sky this. He did. Sure enough, he did sky it. It just felt a lot like that. Which is, of course, <laughs> best kind of penalty shootout and probably the best kind of overtime. More of that, please. <laughs> <laughs> might interrupt someone's watching of Emmerdale though mate you got to be careful with these things I guess well yeah true enough um, on the other side of the uh, sort of scale yeah Wake Forest 70 yeah Army 56 correct a 50 burger and a 70 burger because you know why bother defending there's no, no point to it so it was a uh, what was that 1133 total yards between <laughs> the two Wake Forest clocking up 638 yards and their 70 points in just 16 minutes and 24 seconds of the offence being on the field. This is what I was going to get to. That's a point every 14 seconds, a yard, <laughs> a yard every one and a half seconds. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely insane stuff. Sam Hartman under centre uh, for the Demon Deacons obviously had a career day uh, with 458 yards, five pushing, passing touchdowns, one on the ground as well. Uh, his opposite number, Jabari Laws. Yeah. Jabari Laws. <laughs> Jabari. 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 Jabari sounds better though, doesn't it? No. Um, anyway, he could have had a career game as well, I don't know, but being the army, it was just 140 yards through the air. Yeah, they played the a triple option offence. <laughs> they controlled the clock for th- for 75 of the game. And wait for he still score 10 touchdowns. Well, yeah, well, because every time you've got the ball in your hand, it's moving forward quite rapidly. <laughs> um, yeah, just to remember, it's a ridiculous game, but uh, yeah, that's, that is what college is all about. Uh, That's why it's better than the NFL. It is. Because when was the last time you saw 70-56 in the NFL? That's Scorey Garmy. We had a Scorey Garmy the last two weeks, haven't we? We have. Uh, there was the big Chiefs-Rams game a couple of years ago. Not quite 70-56, but not far off. Uh, 50, the one that was spo- or something, wasn't it? It was the one that was supposed to be in Mexico. But yeah. 
the, the, the fields look like. I don't know. <laughs> Far it's been ploughed, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, what's next on the list? It's Oregon, UCLA, 34-31 to the... Uh, the this was a good game. I was going to call the Mighty Ducks there. But they're not quite mighty. Just like average joke. The top so ten ducks. <laughs> the average duck. The top ten ducks. Oh, yeah, they are. Well, ten going into this. You, I will, by the next time we come to the podcast, I want top ten ducks off you, mate, for a little uh, opening solo, okay? Are you top ten them? favourite ducks. I could probably do it now. No. Okay. We ain't got time, mate. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about pound shots for too long. Yeah, uh, well, I'll try to remember that, guys, because if not, I'll put it on Twitter. I've got that list pretty sewed from my head already. It's <laughs> in the back of that pad of yours, there. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I've only really been at this game for Oregon's uh, running back, Travis Dye, who finished the day with 35 yards. And four scores. Baby die, mate. Absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, stupid stat line. Yeah, 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 his first four carries were all touchdowns. Yeah. Is that uh, the stat that I've just stolen? Sorry. No, no, the, stuff, the, the thing that makes it more ridiculous is that the only other Oregon scores also a winning touchdown coming from uh, Anthony Brown, quarterback. Yep. Uh, and that was a 43 yard dash. So on his one scoring touchdown, you ran, he, more, he ran more yards than four touchdown running back managed for the whole game. Yep. Good fun, but um, yeah, good. Uh, a really good game. Like I said, enjoyed. I like both these teams this year without them being. So do you know? Right, so out. every Saturday before the games start, they have a thing called College Game Day, which essentially is like a preview of the game. It's Tim Tebow, Tim Tebow, swanning about. It's not a team, Bill. No, it's Kirk Herbstreit, it's um, Lee Corso, it's normally different people, David Pollack, and well, all these guys, and they go to a different campus every every week for the big game that week. So this week it was. Oregon, UCLA, but in America, this thing show has to start at nine o'clock Eastern time, two o'clock over here. Put that on the West Coast, and they started in the pitch black. It was six a.m. on the UCLA campus. They were starting to do this, and the fans were out already, getting leathered, having a great time. Phenomenal performance. Uh, great shot from the UCLA Bruins, who they've had an up and down season, but you know the. In the mix, aren't they? Well, not, maybe not the Pac-12 this season, but you know what I mean. They've, quite right. I do really like. Throw it uh, down a bit. The RT. Uh, <laughs> I think I think it's TTR made you. Yeah. <laughs> Damien Thompson Robinson. Dory. Um, uh, you're doing so well. You're doing so well until so you started to get cocky. That was the anyway, I've really been enjoying the season. Or oh, director receiver as those in session. Yeah. But he's going to be, I think he's just a very good college stuff and he's, he's probably going to make a concert. Correct. NFL, but it's fun to watch. Uh, and then just because we had a bit of ribbon at the end of uh, our NFL section there, didn't we, for Wardy? We will bring up his beloved Fighting Irish. Uh, in obviously one of college games, most uh, college football's most storied games, uh, USC sixteen, Notre Dame thirty one, uh, a lot less fun than the three games we just mentioned, but yeah, a good win for Notre Dame all the same. People said you didn't mention the Chanticleers who got beat on uh, Thursday well, night by App State. I'm going to quickly mention that in the little rundown of the AP twenty five. But yeah, the Chanticleers dropped to twenty four mm. uh, on that with a twenty seven thirty to beat the, which started off quite well. Cause App State they. They, um, they, yeah, they scored two touchdowns in the first well, two drives. Well, the first, yeah, but the first touchdown, I think, was a, a 98 yards pass from Grayson to Titan to uh, Likely, isn't he? Isaiah Likely, yeah. So, yeah, probably thought there was going to be more fireworks from Coastal Carolina, but Upstate got that together. Um, Good team, to be fair. But yeah, that's a, obviously a big hit for Coastal Carolina. They can't really lose games. Have you got all the numbers there for the top 25? Not all of them. I can get. Do you them. want no? Sorry, do you want to know the most upsetting, upsetting thing? What's more upsetting about the fact that Penn State is still ranked despite losing two games, despite losing that nine overtime field to Lowell Illinois, is that I also rank them in the UK and Ireland college football rankings because 
I don't know a better team to put inside, in there. Well, they're down to 20, if that's any consolation to I you. I am low on that. I think I'm 24, but I'm still on the way I ranked him. But that's going out the window next week when they play Ohio State, isn't it? Um, oh, yeah, they oh, I, say, okay, I, I should crack the top four um, soon mm. enough. Um, but uh, as it is, they're still sat at fifth. For another, well, Talk so, me through the numbers, mate. However many weeks that's been going, Oklahoma four, drop one, Alabama jump one to three, Cincy two, Georgia one, without doing anything. They're quite right. I made um, Alabama up to two because I thought Cincy were... They need to be punished a little bit for a seven-point win over Navy, who won one game all season. Yeah, maybe. Um, well, we've got Oregon climbed to seven. There's, uh, it's not going, there's not really changed too much in the top ten, really. Few climbers, the main one obviously Penn State dropping out, so everyone's just sort of jumped up there. As did Oklahoma State, so he lost to Iowa State 21 24. They did. Uh, so that was a costly one for Oklahoma State. Well, they call it Brocktober, don't they? Because uh, Iowa State's quarterback Brock Purdy comes alive in this one. <laughs> is that what's known across the nation, is it? Well, Iowa State always starts slow every single year. Before uh, mentioned Wake Forest climbed 3 to 13. They, should be, on they 10. should be top 10 now. Knocking on it. Pittsburgh, I think it was to 17, I Pittsburgh, think. Pittsburgh, yeah, it was a really good win over Clemson. Um, story of two Kenny quarterbacks, anyway. Kenny Pickett, 302 yards, and two touchdowns. And who's the quarterback? Uh, DJ Uigalele. 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 Who got benched. Always put, always put an N in there. Um, he got benched in this, didn't he? Um, so he's not quite the, uh, the heir to Trevor just yet, at least. Uh, 17-27, that was to Pittsburgh. Uh, SMU remain undefeated we'll be pleased to know um, yeah. uh, they're up to 19 that's due with UTSA Texas San Antonio Roadrunners I think there was 24 in the rankings first time they've been ranked and interestingly enough little tidbit Texas Tech the head coach this week Matt Wells uh, I think the favourite might be USC offensive coordinator Graham Harrell if he doesn't get considered for USC job which he shouldn't um, but they've already reached out quietly apparently to Jeff Trainer, who's the head coach of UTSA who is a Hero in Texas at high school level. I'm doing a great job with, with the Roadrunners too. Can't argue with that. Big game next week. Uh, I imagine college game day is headed up to uh, the state of Michigan to see Michigan versus Michigan State. I think that's uh, six versus eight in the rankings. Uh, Which thing down, but yeah, I think that's about right. Phenomenal. Shall we do it? Shall we finish this podcast off with our weekly dose of ballsy quality? <laughs> Calls Sam Simon and Ward Collapsing pocket feeling pretty naughty Making dodgy picks on the footy Ballsy Callsy Don't know really much about the sporty Sam Simon and Ward Let's go Again, no pause for the for the sound drop No problem Sam, I'll fix it That was a pause <laughs> Barely Uh a man of a man of your productive. Last week, mate, me and you didn't do very well. Yeah, we went seven and six with our picks, both of us. So you're up to fifty eight forty nine, which isn't great. I've got to be honest, mate. You are lagging behind. Two balls he causes for you. So quite happy with that. I went six seven six. I'm sixty seven forty. So I'm significantly mm-hmm. better than you. I've got three balls he causes. Wardy had a good week, nine and four. Uh, he's still one behind me, but he caught up significantly. So before we go into him, yeah. Just be aware, mm-hmm. these are five o'clock kickoffs on Sunday. I've already got it down here, mate. Are you worried? Instead of writing 6 pm and 9 pm games, don't forget, our clocks go back. Is that right? Oh, Lord. Fall back, swing forwards. It might swing back, fall forward. It's, I think it's, it's back. It's, it's back, back, back fall back, yeah. Yeah, they're going back an hour, which means that all your sporting activities, if based in America, will be an hour early because their clocks go back the week after. 
stupid. It is stupid, isn't it? The whole thing of going forward and back is stupid. I don't mind that. Let's make it internationally standard. <laughs> oh, they can just move your kick-offs to us. Yeah, well, do you think they do that already? Who do you think you are? <laughs> and when we have an advert break, pause the game! Special relationship, <laughs> my ass. Come on. Mate, this may be, in the history of Thursday Night Football, the best game ever. Arizona Cardinals, the undefeated Cardinals. 8-0, I think, Cardinals. No, it can't be. 7-0, Cardinals. Heading in to the frozen tundra of the north. Lambeau Fields play the Green Bay Packers. Are they? Yeah, they are. Am I right in that? No. Nope. Oh! It's in the desert. Is it? Well, that's what my app says. Well, I could have got these all wrong way around then, which would be interesting. Uh, you did, were you reading it? Soccer style, it's annoying, isn't it? Well, That's because it was on Yahoo, I got mine off, and Yahoo had them backwards, which really confused me, unless they changed it. I'll keep my eye on it, though. So, scratch that. Green Bay are coming down to the desert. It's like it's like polar opposites in terms of climates here. Who's doing this one? Well, Green Bay are going down to the desert in a big old bubble, because there's a bit of a uh, well, COVID outbreak, isn't there? I think issues. Adams is out. I think is gone. You're right. Um... And so you'd think Cardinals off a bat by a week, tails up anyway, surely going to see them off. So you're going with the Cardinals, are you? Yeah, I don't think that. Green Bay kind of not been that convincing outside of. Ooh, they've lost one game, mate. Let's not get too I know, too but, when they, but the ones they've won, they've not really. A lot of them, they've not really looked that great. Okay, well. I've got Although occasionally Rogers has flashed, obviously. Or not, well, more than flashed. So Sam's down for the Cardinals. Me and Wardy have both gone the Packers on that one. Well, he can. He must not have known about the COVID because he would definitely change his mind. <laughs> but there you go. That's his look out that way. I'm going to be the schedule in case I've got it all the way around. No, I think it was just that game. I've got down here, first game of the of Sunday slate, 5pm, that Carolina Panthers are heading to the Atlanta Falcons. Yep, that's my, that's my uh, reading of it as well. Would you believe that the Atlanta Falcons have got a winning record? I would. And they've also got the best tight end in the country. What a performance! Is that enough to see them over the reeling? Somehow the new Leo Panthers, Jones, even though it's a Titan. Who this could possibly be Sam Darnold's last game. <laughs> Whatever, that's it. Get <laughs> you part, don't. Out of, part out of pasture. Um, this this I mean, it's not going to be a high quality game, is it? But I think it'll be quite uh, sort of entertaining in its own little way. I I'm going to go with the Falcons and the uh, Mercedes Dome. Lock it in. Both me and Warney have gone with the Falcons. Interesting. We're starting to see, in fact, I'm looking down here, and most of these games are divisional games now. AFC South, the big one. Every year these two games tend to decide the division for maybe the past two or three years. The Titans at the Colts. In the RCA Dome, does that swing it? Well, it's, it's kind of a pick isn't it? So I'll probably just go uh, home team on it. Tennessee have been looking imperious, but you just feel like... Uh, this will be where they just slip a little bit. They've got to put three of these games together on the bounce, have they? I don't know, but Indianapolis Colts are looking good, and that's why Ward is going with them. But I'm going with the Titans because they <laughs> that offense just scares me. It's absolutely fear, fear for offense. It's, okay, it's, I know you shared it this week, but I think it's been true for the last sort of three or so. Derek Henry's yards after contact is better than it's considerably better. Than, than any other running back in the league. Regular. Yeah. is regular yardage. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, do I even need to ask you about how the Miami Dolphins are going to fare heading into Buffalo? Well... It would be a ballsy cosy, man. I'm not going to lie. It, it would be, wouldn't it? I can, <laughs> I've been better against Buffalo quite a lot this, this season. I know you have. Uh, much to my uh, 
detriment. Um, I'll go. Uh, well, I've got another one lined up, haven't I? Oh, you're not going to say it, is it? Yeah, no, we'll go. Yeah, go on, go Miami, because because uh, they quite often pull a little upset in divisions, don't they? Uh, Miami. They are known for it. I so mean, you mean you've been going Miami far too long now on this, and I'm off the wagon. But you seem to be persevering, ballsy, ballsy. I think Sua and Kasiki are going to tear that. <laughs> Overrated Bills defense to pieces. Oh, uh, you are asking for some sticker for, <laughs> for our Irish correspondent right now. Uh, the number one AFC seed, Cincinnati Bengals, heading to MetLife Stadium to face the hapless New York Jets. You've already had your bowling calls, you don't need to go any further. <laughs> yeah, well, well, <laughs> Not I'm an idiot. idiot. Uh, yeah, this is going to be an absolute beatdown. Oh, well, unless Joe Flacco can roll back time roll back and, the and do to Cincinnati what he's been doing for. <laughs> Almost a decade in Baltimore. He, he knows how to beat the Bengals. Um, Should I put you down for Baltimore? For <laughs> no, no. That, that, even taking that into account, yeah, I will go uh, with Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati Tigers. It's perfect, isn't it? LSU Tigers, Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, perfect, mate. Absolutely perfect. I love what you did there. Good work. Uh, just to clarify, me and Wardy have both gone Cincinnati as well, and me and Wardy both of same mind went with Buffalo in the previous game against Miami. Cowards. I knew I was going to say, say it now. <laughs> go on. <laughs> um, AFC North matchup: Pittsburgh at Cleveland. This one to me is a tough pick, uh, based on the fact that Cleveland got some injuries. But I did hear that Nick Chubb was back in training this week. I was going to quickly get to if there's any recent news on the ground. Uh, <laughs> Baker, they're saying that you have to we have to wait and see. But I think Baker's out. Uh, definitely is out. Uh, Come on. Uh, that news you don't get, useless. come on, you should have um, research before the podcast, mate. What, Steelers 3-3? Three and three. Yeah, they're not a bad football team, are they? Maybe. Mike Tomlin's got a chip on his shoulder. They are a bad football team, I think. Um, <laughs> they are a bad football team. They're ostensibly our Simon, that's that. A bit average at best. Uh, but let's go with them. Yeah, let's go Pittsburgh. Okay, well, me and Wally are going Cleveland. This is very easy to go doing <laughs> into these, mate. Talk to me about... Um, oof. Well, team we talked about, Detroit Lions. Do you think they can get off the schneid this week against at home to Philly? I mean, if they, I mean, this is a great opportunity for them to do so, isn't it? Uh, you would think, uh, having just picked up the Eagles. Uh, do you think this is a ballsy cause you're going with the Lions here? Not, I mean, not really. It is, no. but it's <laughs> very weak, isn't it? Is, it? Yeah, it's not a soft He hedges his bed uh, every time, just to clarify. Like, oh, Detroit or Howard Seven, it's like, well... Eagles are two and five. You didn't see him going with Detroit against the Rams like I did last week, did you? He's missing the point on this totally, isn't he? And also, I mean, Philadelphia Eagles being two and five isn't that. Yeah, I think the Lions could have probably picked up one of the W's that they have. Um, let's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with the Eagles actually. So am I, mate. Smart choice. I think they've just got a little bit of balance that the Lions, uh, the Lions might not be able to cope with. Although DeAndre Swift might actually walk over Philly at the same time we're taking anyway, too, we're taking sorry, too long sorry. on these picks mate because you're fucking it up in an hour now. I expect more clean cut answers and you've got to come with you uh, alright go, 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 go. Uh, with your bloody research done mate now do we even need to ask you about how the Rams are going to fare in Houston uh, going to fare very well yeah correct we all agree that this is an interesting one the final game on the 5pm slate San Francisco in the Windy City playing the Chicago Bears well, a rainy city as well, that could be the issue uh, San Francisco will win that game will they me and Wardy have both gone the Bears uh, although the COVID issues have made me um and a little bit on that one. 
I think it's, a, it's going to be a shit game. If that's on TV, I'll be fucking furious. 8 p.m. games. This is interesting. This this could be on the telly. New England Patriots playing the Chargers. Yeah, I was going to say, they looked good on the weekend, didn't they? But they were playing the Jets. Um, they fucking laid it on the Even Jets, so, 50 Burger is... Uh... They fucking laid it on them. I loved it. <laughs> I loved it so much that I've gone with the Patriots in this one. It's certainly a way to get your season up and running, isn't it? Um... Yeah, uh, go on, I'll go with the Patriots. I, I've been back in charge all the way, haven't I? Let's, let's swing back to I, New England, who I still have faith in getting into these. Uh, into the so do I, three and four, mate. It's far from over. Wardy's uh, going with the Chargers, but me and you with the Patriots there. Jacksonville at Seattle. This is my ballsy cosy. Jaguars. Because uh, I was going to say Jaguars will win that game. <laughs> but yeah, call it ballsy if you like. I mean, it's no ballsier than Detroit. Uh, it is ballsy in Detroit. They're on the road for starters. Are we under centre for Seahawks? Uh, I, I assume it's Gene Asimets. Yeah, exactly. Oh, come on. Who do you think is a tougher out? Seattle or Philly? Well, it's tricky. How, how well did the Saints get past them on, last night on Monday Night Football? They got past them. Comfortable. Was, oh, yeah, com- really comfortable. Because he had one score to an excellent DK Metcalf. Come you? on. Jackers will win that game. Well, I'm glad you agree with me, but I'm sticking with it, my ballsy cosy. I'm sick and tired of you guys not letting me have Jacksonville as a ballsy cosy. I went to London and I saw those boys. <laughs> <laughs> they were very good in the second half. Well, very good. Looks quite good in the second half. Well, they've had a week off as well. That's my little thing. We'll see. Should I just put you down for New Orleans right now? Well, obviously, obvious. They're choice, playing Tampa Bay this week. Uh, you're in the dome. Not that that's done you much favour. But I'm actually going to go with the Saints too, man. I'm going to back your corner here. <laughs> Why? Oh, oh, what, 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 what do you mean? Why? I think you can do. Yeah, I mean, I mean well, it's just we we have been beating up time for a bit. Buccaneers are, are going to slip up, aren't they? At some point, yeah. Job done. Wardy doesn't think so. Tampa Bay, Washington at Denver. This is dross. This is yeah. absolute dross of the highest order, and the NFL should be ashamed of themselves. I didn't put this in the questions, did I? But I did ask it you uh, in the week. Why is Big Fangio more on the hot seat than he? I know. Sorry, he'll take time there. I am, yeah. But Big Fangio must be. Uh, Feeling a bit of pressure from yeah, you, you think this, but um, woeful for ages now. Anyway, um, give me Washington. I think uh, Kinnicky, is that what it's called? Taylor <laughs> Heineke. This from the Greece reference. Yes, it just looks like Kinnicky. Uh, I think There's something I'm, about Kinnicky in Greece that just makes you think you'd be ashamed to be his father. Uh, he, he's a bit of a robin, but uh, he's a heart of gold, hasn't he? Does he? Yeah, I think so. Absolute arsehole. He means well. Um, <laughs> Yeah, well, I think I think Washington are fairly comfortable. Yeah, well, me and Wardy both disagree. We've gone with Denver because we've got a better defense, as as we think stand, and similar offenses, and they're at home. Right. <laughs> Not bothered, are you? Some night football. I reckon I can tempt you into considering Minnesota here. You absolutely can. Okay, fair enough. All three of us going with the Cowboys. That was simple. And, <laughs> and you can't tell me for the Giants. Either, oh, come on. I've got my ballsy cozy and nice and early. I don't have to scrap around with <laughs> clowns. It's oh. an absolutely perfect game for the Chiefs to uh, get themselves. Yeah, get, get another get right game for the Chiefs. Get that chance. Sure. Get back to 500. Well done, lads. You're doing well for yourselves. Uh, all three of us going for the Chiefs there, obviously. Guys, that is it. That is the end of the podcast. We're actually a little bit quicker than normal. So. Oh, I've got it. We've shaved, we've shaved off 10 minutes of a podcast that's still 20 minutes too long. For all that bloody clock watching, like... Mate, I have to. And you know what you like, don't you? God, you like Fergie, the 96th minute. It's nothing see. to do with the length of the podcast. and everything to do with the fact that I'm trying to watch uh, the uh, Great British Bake Off with my wife before she goes to bed. 
I'll tell you what they're doing, I'm going to look up who won it on Twitter and tell you. Yeah, absolute yeah. bastards. <laughs> uh, this podcast, of course, is sponsored by our good friends over at Royal Flush Designs. Quality gear throughout the year. Sam, where can they find them on the website? Uh, royalflushdesigns.co.uk And where can you find them on Twitter? Royal Flush Designs. No, just at Royal Flush, but good, uh. good attempt. I mean, you know I'm going to ask you every week, you're still not good prepared. <laughs> Close enough. Uh, okay, what's the good about this? I'll tell you what I do know about it. First of all, Christmas is coming, and these guys are going to sort you out some nice apparel, co-design basically with you, get yep. suggestions to them, they'll get you all sorts of lovely designs on hoodies, t-shirts, trainers, the lot. Uh, and because you're listening to us, you can go on and type in the words pocket, the numbers 10, when you're prompted to do so at checkout, and you'll get 10% off. Very nice, mate. See, that was a nice little professional way of finishing it. There we go, pulled it out of the end. There was, there was no pound land about that at all. Uh, guys, thanks so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. We don't ask this often. We don't mention it often, do we? But if you sat there twiddling your dick, got nothing to do, nip onto the old... Apple Podcast, isn't it? Give us a five-star review, rate, review, subscribe. Yeah, subscribe uh, wherever you listen to us. It doesn't have to be on iTunes. If you didn't like it, I'd be surprised if you're still listening at this point. But if you didn't, just keep that to yourself. But the rest of you, as you did, have a little word. Just get it out there. Put some on Twitter. Just make us look damn good, I think, is, is the idea, isn't it? Well, just, tell, just tell people you know at work, wherever else like the NFL, have a listen to this. Yeah. Well, Why not? What are you doing on your way in to work? It's the best thing to do, isn't it, on your commute? Uh, it is for you, like to say. I've heard, I've heard it already. You're busy making your list of top ten. Ducks, so I listen to it. Well, I say it's pretty much sorted anyway. <laughs> I am going to go and do this. Very, very proud of himself, uh, guys. Thanks so much for listening. To that, as again, I said, uh, my name's Sam and Carol. This has been Sam Aykroyd. Cheers, guys. What do we got next week? Taking the reins, uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe you'll find the race to do. Uh, until then, have a great time. Speak to you soon. See you Smoke stacks, spitting black soot into the sunny.